Welcome to Spooky or Bust, a podcast exploring the world of all things paranormal, serial, and conspiratorial. My name's November. And I'm MW. Thank you for coming back and listening. All right, so on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about my home state, which is the state of Indiana. Um, Like we've talked about before, we decided, you know, we want to do states, at least starting out, that are important to us. Uh, For me, obviously, Indiana is important. I lived there for 22 years. What are you looking at? 21? I don't know. I'm trying to remember how long I, when I moved to Florida. Um, is a long, is you know, 20 years, whatever. It's fine. But my, I spent all my childhood there. So uh, that's what we decided to do with the state of Indiana today. Oh, goodness. Oh, good gracious. It's been a long week, guys. We have, we're recording on the 4th of July. So if you hear not just thunderstorms, but fireworks as well, that's why. Because the people that live three doors down from me shoot off fireworks at all times of day, when it's daylight out and when it's night out. And fireworks, not just for nighttime. <laughs> not just for nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're Disney or something. Shooting off fireworks during the day. Ah, uh, Man, I don't know. Soon. Right? I go back to work tomorrow, so we'll see, but... Crazy, crazy, crazy. But what have you been up to this week? Anything fun? Honestly, not. Not much. Just a lot of work. Just a lot of work? Yeah. Ew. I mean, it's nice to be back to work, I guess, after being out for so long. Well, you weren't really out for very long at all, were you? No, I wasn't out. I've been out for 11 weeks. (laughs) Ugh. I'm sure part of that was really nice, but then after, like, day four, you're like, I need to do something. Yes. Like, it's. it would be nice if I could go do things. Yeah. Like... And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm as lazy as the next guy, so, like, I like to sit on my couch and not do anything, but I'm re-binging Criminal Minds, so that's definitely a bright spot in my life. Absolutely. I watched my favorite episode right before you got here, so. Oh <laughs> so, you know, that always puts one in a good mood. I need to rewatch it again. I think I really am just going to buy that whole box set. You should. Did you say it was on sale on Amazon? Yeah, it was, like, $130. Do it. Because, I mean, Gosh. we can't find seasons 13 or 14 anywhere. This Didn't is true. Did we talk about this before? I feel like we've talked about this on another episode. <laughs> She's very salty about this. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Like, I don't I don't understand. How do, and not even CBS knows where they are. Ugh. That was, if I the could. The lost if, episodes. If you could have heard my eye roll, that's what that was. <laughs> oh, my God. I just rolled my eyes so hard, I think they might have popped out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but all right well this is our uh second time trying to record this episode we've run into some technical difficulties with a few of our episodes after we went to try to go back and edit them so we decided that we're just gonna you know scrap those and start anew i guess so take two yes forgive us for our late uh release this week but we will definitely get that taken care of and have a brand new episode out for you back on the normal track of Fridays that's when we're trying to release all of our episodes um we promise we're trying to learn yeah (laughs) we got books and everything we did we bought podcasting books we've got a lot of things on how to use the system that we're using oh yeah she's got notes on all the things that we've messed up before yes so it's hopefully not do it again (laughs) but as we've seen that doesn't necessarily work out for us you know. I think I'm the unluckiest person alive. But I mean, we're learning. But at least we're cute. That's what I tell right. myself. Ah. So pretty. 
We have very goth looks going today because we decided we wanted to take some pictures of ourselves. So, you know, that's always fun. But, oh well. Do you want to go first this week or do you want me to? Um, I mean, you seem very excited about yours, so I feel like you should go first. I do. I do really like mine. And we only, and last week we just did your story, so I'll take, you know what? I'll take one for the team and I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> so the person that I'm doing for Indiana um, is John Dillinger. John Dillinger was a gangster in the 30s, uh, 20s and 30s, but his peak years were like, it was only like a year or two years in the, th- in like early 30s. Um. He is, it's like a very short window of time that he really was super popular. He did a lot of things in his life, but it was all in like a really short amount of time that his like infamy became what it was. Um, God, I'm saying um so much. If you... <laughs> we need, if we need like squirt guns and just sit on the, like... Squirt each other because our makeup <laughs> runs on our faces. <laughs> and just randomly yelling and screaming on the podcast. Honestly. Um... Well, there we go. So, we're... With with this, the reason I picked John Dillinger, one, I'm obsessed with mobsters. I think they're so cool. I'm so fascinated by them. I really want to meet one. Like, one of my life goals is to meet a real-life mobster. So... Can can I just... Can we stop for a second? I, like, okay. Like, you constantly make fun of me because I want to go to, like, haunted things, but you're like, I'm going to meet a gangster. <laughs> we, we won't go into the spooky house because there might be a ghost, but the mobster who will definitely shoot us, that's my goal. Not necessarily. If I'm, like, worshipping them, there's no way. Like, <laughs> if I'm just, like, please, <laughs> like, complete worship, I mean, whatever. I just want you to walk to him and just go, please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Don't kill me. Like. Please. No, just, just please. I just want to meet you. <laughs> Can I have your autograph? What's your name? It doesn't have, you don't even have to tell me. <laughs> Selfie. <laughs> just tell me you do something illegal. <laughs> Boys, this is how you land uh, November. Oh, my God. <laughs> send in your rap sheet and oh, your mugshot. Send in your rap sheet. Please, please don't, actually. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not sure the one upstairs would be okay with that. <laughs> and I don't mean God. <laughs> oh, please don't give him that kind of ego boost. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lordy. What did we walk into this week? I I don't think I've slept more than, like, four hours every night for the past, like, four days. Like, I think in the past, what would that be, 70... 72, 98 hours, I've slept for, like, 10. Oh, Jesus. I don't know why. I just can't sleep. What did you do on quarantine? Stayed awake and made a podcast. And watched Criminal Minds. And watched Criminal Minds. (laughs) Next, I'm going to restart Grey's Anatomy. I just could never get behind that. That's 16 seasons of pure heartbreak. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think I made it past the first two seasons. I'm not going to voice my opinions on that right now because <laughs> I can get really into it and I'm not going to voice those opinions right now. <laughs> so once upon a time, there is a gangster. <laughs> so once upon a time, yeah. So back to our story, synopsis of Dillinger here. Uh, from September 1933 till July of 1934, 
Kim and his gang terrorize the Midwest. So Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, a couple other states as well, but those were like the main three that we're going to talk about. They ended up killing 10 men, wounding seven. They robbed banks, excuse me, police arsenals, three jail breaks. Three. <laughs> in what? September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. In 10 months. <laughs> I feel like that's an astronomical, not just the amount of times to be in jail separately, but to break out of jail. Yeah. Like... I was thinking, like, how bad are you at getting caught that, like, you got caught that many times in ten months? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like. That <laughs> you had to be broken out of jail that many times. Yeah. But in this, like, in his jailbreaks, they, he's killed one sheriff during one and wounded two guards in another. So, like, that's, like, Dillinger synopsis. With, like, a shiv? Like, how did, how did this happen? I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped the gun. It's okay. It's okay. So, uh, Dillinger was born on June 22nd, 1903, um, in the Oak Hill section of Indianapolis, which at the time was a middle-class residential neighborhood. Uh, his father was very hardworking, but he had, like, disciplines of the extreme. So, sometimes he would be really harsh and really mean. Other times he was super generous, very giving. Like, he was very loving. So it was, like, way back and forth. And then uh, John's mom died when he was three. And then his father remarried six years later. And then John didn't like his stepmom. Okay. So that's kind of young, very young Yeah. John. Well, as he got older, he quit school and got a job in a machine shop in Indianapolis. <laughs> Excuse me. And he was a very good worker, but he became bored very quickly and ended up staying out all night. He, his father worried that temptations of the city were really bad for his teenage son. So he's like, you know what? We're going to move to Mooresville, Indiana. Which is actually where my mom's from. So that's why I have to say, like, I have, like, a kind of a personal connection to the story in the sense that she likes John Dillinger because he's from her town. So she likes learning about him. So she, like, made me like learning about him. Um... And he, you know, moving there, it's a very small farming town. Nothing changed. He's still a wild child. Like, he's still going to be out all night. He's still not going to listen. He has clearly a problem with authority. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you going to do? Soon, what happened with Dillinger, he stole a car. And this led him to enlist in the Navy. So, like, he was getting in so much trouble at home, and, you know, they didn't believe he... What, how, much, how am I trying to say this? His dad and him were like, you know what? You're, you're too much trouble. Go, go be in the Navy. And he was like, fuck, okay. So he did. <laughs> <laughs> but, to no one's surprise, he got in trouble with the Navy... And was a lot of trouble with them. He deserted his ship when it docked in Boston. Came back to Mooresville because he has so many pleasant memories there. He returns back home. Marries um, a 16-year-old in 1924. You know, newlyweds, super blissful, all happy. They move back to Indianapolis. Dillinger, for all that he's worth, has no luck finding work in the city. 
And he ended up joining the town pool shark, which is Ed Singleton, in, you know, wanting some easy money. So, whatever it is, easy money, he's going to hook up with this town, with this pool shark. So, in their first attempt at anything, they tried to rob a grocery store in Mooresville. They were very quickly apprehended, so did not go well for them. Singleton pleads not guilty to this, stood trial, and was sentenced to two years in prison. Now, Dillinger got advice from his father about what he should do, confessed to the crime. So he was convicted of assault and battery with intent to rob and conspiracy to commit a felony, received joint sentences of 2 to 14 years and uh, 10 to 20 years in the Indiana State Prison. Jesus. So, obviously, prison did a lot of good for him, let me tell you. Because, of course, we're not to the real John Dillinger yet. We're <laughs> I mean, to if the baby didn't work, prison sure will. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, according to the FBI's website, which is where I've got a lot of this information from, his period of infamy began on May 10th, 1933. So, he was paroled from prison after serving eight and a half years of his sentence. So, he didn't even, so at minimum, he should have got 12 years. Mm-hmm. At maximum, he should have got 34. Because he had two joint sentences. One that was 2 to 14, one that was 10 to 20. So, he serves eight and a half years. Which, I mean, is a long time. For attempting to rob a grocery store when his partner didn't get shit. Yeah, I mean, you think about people going stir-crazy in quarantine, being in prison, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I definitely think he should have got... He literally robbed a grocery store, so yeah, he should fair. go to prison. <laughs> but I don't think it's fair that he had to... He got... Say he he was sentenced to 34 years. Say he was sentenced to 34 years. Yeah. And his friend didn't get anything. Yeah. Like... He tried... Well, he thought... He well, was he was sentenced right to two years in prison. Yeah. He got two years. Versus Dillinger's eight and a half. Yeah. Like... So that's a long time. It is. I mean, there's a lot longer time people are in prison, but I don't know. I just can't. I just can never imagine that. Don't rob anything. I won't. I won't murder anybody either. Okay. That'll get me in there for a lot longer. <laughs> I like you too much to murder you. I appreciate that. Not a problem. I'm always thinking of others. <laughs> always. <laughs> but anyway, so immediately after getting out of prison. Do you know what he does? Do you want to know what he does? He robs something. He robs a fucking bank. <laughs> yes. Not a grocery store. A bank. <laughs> In Bluffton, Ohio is where he does this. Uh, he was arrested on September 22nd and was in the county jail in Lima, Ohio to await trial. So when they arrested him and they, you know, like for scam trying to, you know, getting everything from him that he has on him, they found documents that are seem to be a plan for a prison break. So, here's number one. But he denied knowledge of any plan. Four days later, using the same plans, eight of Dillinger's friends escaped from the Indiana State Prison. So, the plans were not necessarily for him to break out of prison. It was for his friends to break out of prison. They used shotguns and rifles that had been smuggled into their cells and shot two guards. I, so I, I just, I don't understand. Like, where, where do you hide a gun to smuggle it in where somebody doesn't go, huh, 
That looks like a gun. <laughs> That's a damn good question, my friend. I don't have the answer. What? I, what is... I have you ever seen that episode no. of Family... I think it's Family Guy. Where Maria goes to prison? No, but that's a funny one, too. But I was thinking of where he pulls... Oh, no, you know what? It's not. It's Bob's Burgers. Uh-oh. In Bob's Burgers, there's a Christmas episode where he... Where Bob goes with Mr. Fish Odor and they um, build gingerbread houses. And at the very end, they all end up shooting up each other's gingerbread houses, but they had to check all their guns when they got there. It's like they couldn't have any guns with them. And one guy pulls out a shotgun. He goes, where did you hide that? And he goes, I have a really long butt crack. <laughs> I just, like, that was all I thought of when you just said that. <laughs> oh, my God. That was all I was thinking when you when you were like, where do you hide that? Well, actually, <laughs> I might have an answer to this. <laughs> uh, that's, that's scarring. Truly. So, so, because, like I said, during their escape, they ended up shooting two guards. Now, fast forward October 12th, three of the escape prisoners and a parolee from the same prison show up at the Lima Jail where Dillinger is incarcerated. Um, they told the sheriff that they'd come to return Dillinger to the Indiana State Prison for violation of his parole. So they're trying to pose as, excuse me, you know, police to bring him <laughs> back home. Well, not really to go, probably to, you know, rob banks. banks. Yeah. <laughs> so, when the sheriff asks to see their credentials, one of the men pulls out a gun and shoots the sheriff. And then beat him into unconsciousness. Holy crap. So, where are your credentials? Oh, it's right here. And shoots him. Oh, okay, great. So, then they take the keys to the jail. They free Dillinger. They end up uh, locking the sheriff and his wife in a cell. Or, I'm sorry, sheriff and a deputy in a cell, and they leave the sheriff to die on the floor. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because they shot him and, beat, and like, literally beat him until he's unconscious. So, like, they just leave him there. They lock the wife and the deputy in cells, and they're like, deuces. Why is the wife there? Because it's the 30s. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was there to visit her honey on lunch. Who knows? <laughs> Worst lunch ever. We're honestly not the day to go into the office. Um, so, after all this, the FBI is finally when, was when the FBI gets involved. That's where they're like, okay, we have all these people, we need, we need to get on this. Because he's gonna go do some crazy shit. And he does. So, while they're trying to, you know, figure out where he is, where he's going, I like to think it's like, criminal minds, like pre, 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 BAU, <laughs> where they're like, how is he thinking, what's going on? Well, him and his gang pull several bank robberies. They steal from police arsenals. So that's that's where obviously they get all their weapons and all their supplies. <laughs> they steal machine guns, rifles, and revolvers. Rifles and revolvers, ammunition, bulletproof vests. I can see that. But then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to take some machine guns. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Like, these guys are not eager to play. I got your credentials right here. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. So... In, on December 14th, John Hamilton, which is a gang member for, with Dillinger, shot and killed a police detective in Chicago. A month later, Dillinger, uh, the Dillinger gang killed another police officer during the robbery of the First National Bank of East Chicago, Indiana. So, that's, you know, pretty quick succession. Within a month, they killed two cops. 
not just... I mean, you shouldn't kill anybody, but... How do you think that's going to end when you kill a cop? Honestly. But... Then after that, they made their way to Florida. Then to Arizona, which... Nothing good ever happens in Florida, so, like, it's natural <laughs> that they fucking came here. Um, I was gonna say, every story starts with, a Florida man. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was watching this episode of Criminal Minds the other day, and they were, it's, it's an episode of Criminal Minds that I hate the most, because it's so disgusting, and, like, it's so messed up. And what they, what he does, how should they start the episode, is JJ's, like, running in, and he's like, whoa, 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 where's the fire? And JJ goes, it's Florida. And they just, like, get up and sprint into the, the <laughs> BAU conference room. And I'm like, God damn it. Why do I live here? <laughs> Even TV knows. Like, where's the worst? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Ugh, but anyway. <clears throat> and while they're in Arizona, um, fire breaks out of the hotel that they're staying in. Police come and they get the local police to arrest Everyone. So, all f- there's four people that all get arrested in this. Um, they also take their submachine guns, their rifles, their their bulletproof vests, and more than $25,000 in cash. Oh. Yeah. That's what they arrest from them when they're in Arizona. So, at this point, Dillinger is sequestered to the county jail in Crown Point, which is in Indiana, mm-hmm. um, for the murder of the police, the Chicago police officer. So, he's getting taken from Arizona back to Indiana. And authorities are boasting, you know, that this jail is escape-proof. There's no way he's going to be able to get out. He's he's here. Like, he's good. We got him. So, on March 3rd, 1934, John Dillinger breaks out of this prison um, by claiming... He later claimed that he had a wooden gun that he had whittled. And he forced them to open this uh, door to his cell. He grabbed two machine guns locked up the guards and a few other people and then left. So he didn't kill anybody when he broke out of that jail. But he did all of that with a wooden gun. Supposedly. I mean, if you're that crafty. I guess, I just, I don't, I mean, I would, if anybody had a weapon pointed at them. Like, if it were me, I was the jailer and I, what I thought was a gun pointed at me, I wouldn't try to fight back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless I had, like a, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I'm sure would a wooden bullet still hurts just as much as any well, other. Well, it's bullet. not a real gun. It's just it's it's you know made to look like one. But I mean, it had to be. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know how he would have if they would have drawn a weapon, where they could have tried to like fight back. They would have drawn one of their weapons. Yeah. And then he, then what was he gonna do? You couldn't shoot them because this wasn't real. Yeah. So he wouldn't have ever gotten out. So if they would have drawn their weapons and, you know, said do it, he wouldn't have gotten out. But I guess it's just that initial fear of, like, I'm not going to reach for my weapon because this could be a real gun. Because he has broken out of, because his friends broke out of jail with real guns. Yeah. Or were they, did they have somebody on the inside? Either this wooden gun had to have some sort of effectiveness at, like, some sort of potential threat where they thought, oh, my machine gun is not as fast as this wooden gun, or, like, there had to be someone on the inside. I would agree with that. Yeah. Hmm. Interessante. But, back to Dillinger's story. (laughs) So, after this, 
This is the mistake that cost him his life. He stole the sheriff's car and drove that car from Indiana to Illinois, heading for Chicago. So do that because he, you know, drove across state lines I'm in a cop jail. car is a little bit more. While the other three that Dillinger was with, they were all returned back to Ohio, convicted of the murder of the sheriff, in, in the Lima sheriff, and then two of them were sentenced to death and one was sentenced to life in prison. In an escape attempt, one was killed, another was wounded, and then the third one that was... Um, What's what's the one I'm trying to look for? Um, sorry, completely lost my train of thought. He, oh, I'm sorry. One of the ones, the one that was wounded, was executed later. Oh, crap. So, like, I mean, he was sentenced to death anyways. Fair. But in his escape attempt, he was wounded where the other one was killed. Mm-hmm. And then later he was, he recovered from his wounds to be executed. So. At that point, why spend the money to save his life? True. I don't know if we can ask the state, I guess. (laughs) Um, And at this time, Dillinger went back to Chicago and and joined his girlfriend. So there's no mention of him and his wife getting a divorce. But I would assume when he went to prison the first time, or the second time, (laughs) or when he killed that cop, or when he robbed that bank, they weren't a thing anymore. I don't really know. But now he has a girlfriend. He could also still be married. Who knows? Uh, They decided to drive up to St. Paul. And up there is where he became with the rest of, like, his big gang. Like, Babyface Nelson, uh, Homer Van Meter, Eddie Green, Tommy Carroll, all of them. Is where he met up with them. Now, up there, they prospered. Lots of money. Lots of banks to be robbed. They were raking it in <laughs> but on march 30th 1934 an agent so an fbi agent talked to a manager at the lincoln court apartments in st paul who reported seeing two suspicious tenants mr and mrs hellman is who they were they acted nervous they refused to admit apartment caretakers so that's when the fbi started doing surveillance the next day an agent and police officer knocked on the door of the apartment she opens the door slams it shut By the time the FBI gets in there, they're gone. They flood through the back door. They're out of there. They end up going to to one of the other guys' apartments. um, Because while they're fleeing, they end up getting in a battle with the FBI. You know, and Dillinger's shot. Wounded. But he goes to the other apartment to, you Mm -hmm. know, get healed. (laughs) Get healed. Get better. It's like, anyway. Uh, (laughs) They're... In those apartments where the FBI found their submachine guns, um, two rifles, uh, 38 caliber Colt automatic, bulletproof vest, you know, they find all of these things there. At that point, Dillinger and his girlfriend ended up fleeing back to Mooresville. I'm not sure what draws him to this town. There's nothing there. It's a very small town. There's, I mean, it could be a lot more now, but in the few times that I've ever been there, there's nothing there but they ended up staying with his dad and his half you know his dad the great role model that he is (laughs) and his half brother until dillinger is fully healed 
The girlfriend went back to Chicago and was arrested by the FBI. She was taken to St. Paul and charged with um, conspiracy to harbor a fugitive. Dillinger, obviously. She was convicted, behind. And then um, Eddie Green, which is one of his associates, the one where he fled to after the initial break-in, the FBI initially broke in, his girlfriend also got 15 months for the same charge. So, because, you know, they're wanted men. Mm-hmm. So, at this time, you know, they've kind of got Dillinger on the ropes. He's kind of running. I'm going to jump down to where he actually gets caught at this point. There's a quite a bit more to the story. Um, you can read it on the FBI's website, of course. But the ending, I think, is pretty interesting. In the late afternoon of July 21st, 1934, the madam of a brothel in Gary, Indiana, contacted one of police officers with information. She says that she knows, you know, where he's going. And she was willing to give the FBI information on Dillinger for cash. And they were like, you know what? Okay. If it leads to her, if it leads to Dillinger's capture, okay. Mm -hmm. So she told them that he was going up to Chicago and he was going to be at the movies up there. He So on July 22nd, FBI surrounded this theater that they were in. And they shot him when he walked out. So it was Dillinger and two, two other females. They all went to the theater together. And when they walked out, they had a gun battle back and forth. And ultimately, Dillinger had, he'd been shot multiple times. Obviously, he was taken to the hospital because he was still alive when he hit the ground. Mm -hmm. So they took him to the hospital and he was pronounced dead there. Same day. Within, it took about 20 minutes for him to die. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, uh, they cornered him at 10.30 p.m. He went to go, you know, he grabbed his pistol Went to sh- he fired on them. Three shots hit him. He fell on the pavement, and then at ten fifty, is when he was pronounced dead at the hospital. So twenty minutes. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm not sure how far the theater was from the hospital, so I don't know. It could have been before that. They just didn't pronounce him dead in the ambulance. But it took about twenty minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's the story of John Dillinger. I find him very intriguing. <laughs> I, yeah. He's also buried in Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis, which I've actually never been to that cemetery. I think there's a couple other, like, famous Indiana people buried there. I don't know if I want to go see the grave or not. I'm not a big fan of graveyards, but that'd be kind of cool to see. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see it, though. Just, yeah. Just because it's John Dillinger. Yeah, just to, like, see... I mean, he's pretty famous for only... I mean, had you heard of him before? Yeah. Okay. Johnny Depp played him in Public Enemies, that movie. That's true. I love that movie. I also love Johnny Depp, but... (laughs) (laughs) I did like that movie. I've seen it a few times. I can't find it streaming right now, though. It's not on Amazon Prime or Hulu or anywhere. Hmm. Yeah. But that wraps up my John Dillinger story. Very nice. 
Thank you, thank you. What are you doing this week? So mine is about a theater. Ooh, okay. The Geyer Opera House the in Louisville, Indiana. Louisville, Indiana. Yeah. I didn't know there was a Louisville, Indiana. <laughs> I only know of Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> yes. Spelled differently, though. Spelled differently? Yeah. How's like, it spelled? this is spelled, like, after, like, Lewis, like, L-E-W-I-S. Oh, okay. Instead of L-E-U. Yeah. Oh, so. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, in 1893, there was a massive gas explosion destroying five business districts, including the home and offices of Dr. Oscar K. Geyer, also known as Dr. O.K. Geyer. I like that his name was O.K. Right? I thought that was amazing. He's just an O.K. doctor. <laughs> oh, okay, Dr. O.K. <laughs> yeah, I like the Dr. O.K. part. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... In 1900, Dr. Geyer convinces the town to build an opera house in the same spot. A year later, in 1901, the opera house is built and named after Dr. Oscar K. Geyer, but he passes away before the completion of the opera house. According to an event invitation by Cincinnati Ghost Seekers in 2015 and IndianaHauntedHouses.com, his funeral was actually held in the auditorium. This is not the last tragedies to surround the theater. In May 9th, 1923, um, an article in the Daily Republican news story was published explaining the death of a boy in the theater. It goes on to say, Lewis boys accidentally, Louisville boys accidentally killed Newell Halfa, age 7, is fatally wounded while attending Boy Scout meeting Tuesday night, lived until 2 a.m. Louisville, Indiana, May 9th. Newell Kalfa, seven years old, son of Mr. and Miss A.J. Kalfa, was accidentally shot and fatally wounded Tuesday evening while attending a Boy Scout demonstration in the Opera House here. Scouts were engaged in target practice, and one of them, James Heimer, picked up an automatic rifle, which was accidentally discharged, hitting the Kalfa boy in the head. The boy lived until 2 o'clock this morning. Immediately following the accident, the boy was taken to his home and physicians summoned. But all efforts failed to save the boy's life. He was shot in the head with a shotgun. I would say there's not much hope. Yeah. Honestly. But also, why were they having target practice inside of a theater? I don't Like, know. it's Indiana. There's woods and fields everywhere. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing in that. What? My thing is, how do you accidentally pointed another person i mean they were kids so but i mean like if you're gonna like when we took our gun safety course the first thing they tell you is don't point it at anyone else and you don't put your finger on the trigger like it's actually almost on the side of the gun where it's a spot and it's almost like the one that we had it was like kind of carved out like a natural spot for your finger yeah and I feel like... I mean, maybe that's what they were doing, though, is maybe they... Because, I mean, at this age of Boy Scouts, they are probably pretty young. What did, you, what did you say, seven? Yeah, he was seven when he So, died. more than likely, they were probably just learning gun safety. Yeah. Do they still teach that in the Boy Scouts? I don't... To be honest, when... I don't think so. I don't remember my brother learning that. But, I mean, maybe he did. I never went to a Boy Scout meeting, but... <laughs> that's fair. I did an Eagle Scout in high school, and I don't remember him ever talking about that. Yeah, I don't ever remember hearing them learn about gun safety, but then again, I remember being in Ohio and just out in the field, and just my dad was, or my family, just in general, was like, here you go. Yeah, I mean, mine was the same way, but they, you know, when you're, I feel like your family teaching you how to use one is different from 
yeah. Boy Scouts teaching you how to use one. I feel like like if they were doing gun safety training, the gun shouldn't have been loaded. That's uh, yeah. But or I mean, loaded inside a theater. Yeah, like I didn't. I honestly didn't think twice about it being in the theater until you said that, and made it makes more sense. Like you have all of this forestry and everything. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, like, I, I know you go, you, there's a lot of indoor gun ranges. Like, I totally know that. Yeah. Especially now, there's a lot more indoor gun ranges. I feel like that's a now thing, though. Right, that's my point. Like, I don't think they had gun ranges in, what was this, the 1890s? Yeah, so, that was 1923. Oh, 1920s, the 20s, I'm sorry. I thought you said, I thought you said 1890. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I got that from. Uh, that, well, it's, the explosion was in 1893. Oh, okay, so okay, okay. started it off. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's where I got but... it from. Never mind. I'm only <laughs> slightly psycho then. It's okay. Oh, my goodness. I told you I'm tired. Continue your story. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1942, the theater is closed, and it's not until 1969 when it's rediscovered, and that's kind of when they kind of start kicking things off with the opera house again. Okay. So, the description, and this comes from their website, uh, GuyerOperaHouse.com, describes the Opera House as the only remaining gaslit era theater and one of the most important historic buildings in Henry County. Hmm. And then, it again, goes back to explain, it's discovered in 1969 after lying low for more than 20 years, and preservation efforts have continued ever since. The Guyer operates as a nonprofit civic theater, all volunteers graciously donate their time and energy towards tasks like the upkeep of the building, production of shows in the upstairs auditorium, and Aurora Studio Theaters downstairs, and at monthly board meetings. So they're using the space for, for more than just performances. Okay. Um, and again, keep in mind with like quarantine right now, like if you look at their website now, there's no shows or anything listed. Of course. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, just volunteer work. It's not... You know, we're not going to go see Hamilton or something in there necessarily. Right. Well, of course, of course. <laughs> but is it like a like a community theater now? So like, do they perform? Yeah. Like community shows in there. That's cool. So, it's said today that the two main ghosts are the little boy and Doctor Geyer. So, a lot of the typical haunting stuff: doors open and close, lights mm-hmm. turn off and on, mm-hmm. whispers can be heard. Also, the spirit of the little boy who died in his seat still walks the theater. Um, so there was a video that I watched on YouTube and it was in the third row and it's like, sometimes it says like the chair will flip down or things like that. Um, I think Ghost Hunters went to this theater. I think they might have. I, cause I, I just remember that talking about the chair and like how the chair moves. That's all I remember. But I feel like it was Ghost Hunters. I mean, there's so many different ghost shows I feel like now. You're right. And, like, even in the beginning, like I said, like, there was a, the Cincinnati that, like, had their... Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was on Ghost Hunter, because I think that's where that... I saw the thing for the Cincinnati. It's, like, one of the things, if you went on the Ghost Hunter website, like, off on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to... I wish more than season one of Ghost Hunters was streaming on Hulu. Because yeah. I loved that show when I was younger. Yeah. It was really... I and know. I never got into Ghost Adventures. I know, I've never seen that one. But I think they have more episodes on Hulu. They do. Maybe I should start watching that. After I finish Criminal Minds and Unsolved Mysteries. The new Unsolved uh, Mysteries yeah. on Netflix. I watched all the way up to, I think it's like the third episode where, like, everything's in French. Okay. 
I just want, I really want to watch the Aliens one. Like, I'm pumped about the Aliens episode. <laughs> I haven't gone that far yet. I just read all the episode descriptions. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, so a lot of this is the typical stuff. You know, like I said, there's opening and closing, lights off and on. Um, and then as far as little boy, people say his apparition can be seen in the aisles after the place is closed, and several actors have reported hearing a child's voice at times in backstage areas. Oh, okay. So it's not, so he's not... They're not, like, bad ghosts, I guess. They're more, like, like friendly. Yeah. Like, they just want to be around people and... I think it's one of those that, like, they don't understand. Yeah. Like, they want to play. Yeah, they're moving around like they would have naturally, maybe. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I could see, like, Dr. Guy being like, why are these lights on? Let me turn it off. Right. Save energy. I don't know. I believe in ghosts. Yeah. But... I mean, weird things happen all the time. That's true. That's true. My friend sent me a Snapchat the other day of her lights flickering, like, by themselves, like, flickering on and off, and I was like, get the hell out of your apartment. Get the salts. And she was like, no, I think it's, I think the light bulb's just going bad. And I was like, bro, <laughs> do not send me that if you're not dying. <laughs> and I was like, I do not mess with that. She was like, oh my god, you're being ridiculous. And I was like, no, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched enough videos to know better. <laughs> right? I've seen way too much ghost shit for you to be okay. <laughs> right? Don't tell me this. Leave the house now. Okay, but here's the thing with that. After watching The Sinister, spoiler alert if you haven't seen this movie. I've never again, seen this it. this movie is super old. So tell me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've never seen it, but I think I get. The, I know the premise of it. So the ending of that movie just messed up my head. Because, like, like whenever you watch a movie of, like, things are haunted, like, your first instinct is just move. Why are you still in the house? Just freaking leave. Just freaking leave. That's true. And then you watch that movie and you're like, oh, my God. You're, you're screwed either way. Because just... Sinister is the one where in the picture the faces show up, right? Like, that's where he just he finds them. I've never seen the movie. It's... I've only seen the trailer. So, the first one is he was um, an author. So, think of, like, in Criminal Minds, like, David Rossi. Okay. But, like, without the, like, actual, like, experience and background. Yeah. Like, he would write those stories and, like, kind of try and figure out, like, who did it. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. So, um... He was, like, an at-home detective. Yeah. Gotcha. But, like, his... I think it's, like, one of his books... And, again, I saw this movie a long time ago, but it totally screwed me up for life. Let's watch it. Um, oh my gosh, yes. I think it's on Hulu. There's, I'm not doing it right now, but... Oh gosh, I think I have the second one. I mean, we... I have next... A couple days next week off. We have the same days off next week. Yes, do it. We can just spend all day watching. We'll just... Record an episode and then watch a scary movie. Oh my gosh, yes. And then I just spit. And then record an episode <laughs> and watch a scary movie. Oh my gosh. But so, and again, I apologize I'm about to spoil this because otherwise you won't understand what I'm talking about. So if you haven't seen it, turn this off now. Have a great day. <laughs> but, so, he, like, he moves into the house with his family and he goes upstairs in the attic and he finds, like, the old movie reels and, like, an old movie player. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're all labeled, like, family barbecue and, like, cheesy, like, you would think, like, cute home movie stuff. Right. And he starts to watch them, and they're not cute home movies. It's, like, it starts with, like, oh, family happy time, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, it'll, like, switch to, like, later at night or something, and, like, it's the whole family dying and one of the kids going missing. What the hell? Yeah, and it's, like, four or five of them or whatever. And, like, as time goes on, like, freaky things are happening around the house. And, like, the whole time you're like, just get out of the house. Just move. Well, finally, they decide to move. And 
it follows them. So apparently what happens is a family moves into a house, freaky things happen, they move to a new house. When they move to the new house is when they die. And then like it just keeps going. And like literally all I could like I just remember the very end of the movie, the little kid's just like, Don't worry, Daddy, I'll make you famous again and then bam. It yeah. Ever since seeing that, like now I'm like, man, if I move into a haunted house, I don't know that I'm gonna move. I might just stick it out. Especially if I have children. Unless yeah. I mean I've heard that too. Like that being a real thing, like Yeah. But that's more I don't think that's some ghost, but that's more if you get into, like, demonology. Yeah, it's not a ghost, it's a demon. Yeah. It's a demon named Bagul, I think is how he pronounces it. Yeah. Because that's more, like, that follows is more Mm -hmm. demons. We're not talking about that right now. We cannot get into that because (laughs) I'm hella scared of that shit. Like, I totally believe in that. November will not sleep. I will, I, well, I have to be up at 6 a.m., so I might not, or I have to be at work at 6 a.m., so I might not sleep anyways, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's just start watching the movie now, then. <laughs> no, because it'll be dark and you'll leave and I'll be by myself. I mean, you have the man upstairs. He'll be asleep. What is he going to do? I'm going to be asleep. He'll be asleep. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Anyways. So, that is the story of the Guyer Opera House. Oh, sorry, I thought you were still going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were, were going to say something else after that. I didn't nope, know that what was, was happening. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, okay. Well, do you have anything else to add to our episode today? Or anything else? So we did finally get Twitter. We are uh, Spooky or Bust at Twitter as well as Instagram. And then if you guys think of anything that you want us to add to the show or any feedback you have for us, um, anything you want to hear us talk about or any of your own personal stories, whether it's something spooky that happened to you or... Maybe something that happened to a friend or anything like that. Uh, feel free to email us at spookyorbust at gmail.com. And we can always read those on the show. And, you know, have... I think it'd be cool to have, like, personal touches from people that have had a ghost or something. I had a ghost in my house growing up, so... I think that'd be cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, all right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs>